Welcome to the Digital Solicitor Podcast with me, Christina Grasco. I'm very pleased to welcome Rob Hailstone from the Bold Legal Group as today's guest, not least because he's always good value on any conveyancing subject you care to throw at him, and also because he's that rare breed of commentator who actually and genuinely has his fingers on the pulse of conveyancing lawyers in the UK. He always knows what he's talking about. So welcome, Rob, and thank you for being here. And for listeners who are new to you and Bold Legal, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Yes, thank you, Christina. That was quite a build-up, a rare breed. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, uh, my name's Rob Hailstone. I run the Bold Legal Group, which is an association of 700 law firms of all shapes and sizes across England and Wales. And I update them on a weekly basis on anything that's going on in the property market, in the conveyancing world, land law, We also have an online forum that the members can access, and that's very active. And we also also have a training um, system. I started my career back in the mid-70s. I did 30 years as a conveyancer. Um, Then in 2005, I got involved in home information packs. We know what happened to them. And then in 2010, I reinvented myself with the Bold Group, and here I am now. Thank you. I think my first question is inevitably because we're heading towards the tapered end of the SDLT discounts. Has the pressure come off conveyances yet? Well, not yet. Um, at the date of recording, you know, uh, 22nd of September, no, it hasn't. Um, if anything, it's even worse than it was at the end of June and maybe at the end of March as well. The clients are pushing the conveyances to complete by the end of the month. The estate agents are pushing the lawyers to, uh, conveyances to complete as well. Obviously, some of the lenders are now imposing a not later than date for the mortgage fund requests. And I think most of those not later than dates will begin um, next Monday on the 2020, what would that be, 27th, something like that. And I think once the once the deadline has been reached, unfortunately, the pressure will still be there. Maybe not on, on a daily basis like it is, but there will be a lot of post-completion work for the conveyances to do. And I've also been told that there is still a reasonable amount of new work coming in. So it's not going to stop dead, that's for sure. Do you think that the property market is in a good shape or is it running so hot because of the interest that's been generated in the last, well, really the last 12 months, that the new work that's coming in is just kind of an overlap of that? Or are we actually looking... I suppose the question I'm really interested in here is, did we need to have the SDLT discount? Yeah, I've been asked this a few times over the last 12 months or so. And I think I was one of the ones guilty of asking for an SDLT extension. And, you know, any question or any answer is good with the benefit of hindsight. Um, I think we needed the SDLT initiative back in, um, in March last year, early last, early last year because we weren't really sure what was going to happen to the property market, whether people were going to be allowed to view houses, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that was needed, but it didn't need to be, it probably didn't need to be extended twice. That, that really has fueled the market, along with a lot of other things. You know, obviously people wanted to move away from the cities and the towns and the high-rise flats and get into the countryside and the coast. What, what will happen to the property market over the next 12 months is, is difficult to predict, and I, I don't really like making predictions, but I recently drew up a short list of pros and cons. And I think the pros to keep the market alive is that people 
you know, for a number of different reasons, still want to relocate and demand remains high. Interest rates, of course, are very low. Money was saved by many people during lockdown, and hopefully they haven't spent all of that yet. The cons are, I think, that prices are now higher than they were 12 months ago, and they seem to be increasing, although I think there's a slight drop last month. Property stock supply is low, and down valuations are increasing as well. And, of course, the other unknown factor, I think, is is the Brexit effect, finally. Yeah, that, that's been somewhat obscured, hasn't it, by everything else. But there is an effect. How strongly are we feeling it? I, I don't think we felt it, unless it's been in a positive way. It, it might come to the surface, you know, at the end of this month in October or in the last quarter of this year. But I think it's been stifled and smothered by the pandemic and the SDLT holiday. What state are conveyancing solicitors in after the last 12 months? Because they've gone from being shut to being run off their feet, haven't they? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I can only use, I think it's a rhyming Cockney slang, to be honest. They're cream-crackered. They're, they're, let's put it another way. They're very, very tired. Uh, once the pressures ease up in the next, you know, 10 weeks to 10 days, I think the full effect of the last 12 months will be felt properly by some of them. And I think they'll need to rest up, take some time off if they can. I think their employers will need to keep an eye on them to make sure they're okay. It, it, it has been pretty constant and pretty brutal. I've never known anything like it in my you know, four or five decades in this, in this profession. Um, and I'm really glad I wasn't at the cold place and I do sympathise with them. Has it impacted positively or negatively on the, bottom, on the financial bottom line for those firms? Have they actually managed to make money out of this? Or has there been a degree of having to fight for the business and offering cheap prices? Yeah, no, they they have um, they have made money. Once the market opened up, I think it was last June, uh, and it really took off. Firms pretty quickly realised they couldn't cope with the amount of work coming in. Um, some started turning work away. Some started increasing their fees. In fact, in the end, many did both, and those fees have gone up. I think in some cases by about fifty percent. Um, not before time. Lawyer conveyancers were always undervalued, uh, unfortunately, and underpaid in many ways. So that's a good thing. I think the problem they've now... The one thing I do want to say is don't drop your footies. If if the market starts to soften a little bit, don't panic. Don't drop your footies. Don't create a race to the bottom again. The other problem they have got, though, is because their fees have increased and their gross margins have gone up, is that their PI premiums have gone up because PI premiums are based partly on the, the amount of gross fees that comes in. So although fees have gone up, premiums have gone up in some cases by 50 or 60 percent, which baffles me a bit, because if you've got more money coming in, you can invest in better technology and better staff, et cetera, and reduce your your actual number of transactions and and work in a much easier and safer environment. But that isn't the way, unfortunately, the PI companies look at it. I hear on the grapevine that, I mean, it's a very difficult PR market going into certainly the October round. It is anticipated that it's going to be quite tough to get premiums, certainly at last year's rates. Yeah, I think the way PI premiums are calculated is is, is quite complicated. Um, and no doubt that will have some effect on what is going to happen in the future. But also the the brokers and the PI companies realise that the uh, people at the coalface, the conveyors at the coalface have been taking on an awful lot of work doing it as quickly as possible for their clients, doing it sometimes or most of the time from home. So, you know, a lot more work 
in a pressured environment, in a situation where, where they're not used to. And I think the brokers are thinking, hello, are there, are there mistakes being made that are going to come, sorry, that are going to come home to roost um, in, in the coming years? So I think they're putting the PI premiums up, thinking about what might come in the future. In addition, the PI market across the world has been a problem. And it's not just legal firms that are suffering. Lots of other professional services are suffering, but we are suffering more than most, I think. I mean, you say that, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but you say that firms should be discouraged from considering reducing their prices once the market cools down a little bit so that we don't get back into the pre-pandemic race to the bottom, which was very much a theme of the way convincing firms were having to operate. But if they see a direct correlation between their PI premiums and their gross income, doesn't that make it harder to persuade them to stand their ground? That's an interesting argument I'd not, I'd not thought of, really. Lower your fees to lower your premiums. Well, I, I don't think so, because I think hopefully the fees have gone up more than the premiums have gone up across the board. So there is still an element of profit in there, but possibly, if not the lion's share, a fair chunk of that, a chunk of that profit has been taken away. So I, I would say, no, you know, hold fast, don't reduce your fees. It's taken a very, very long time to get to this level I think um, once once October comes and things calm down, they should make contact with their work providers, make sure their work providers are, happen, are happy, prepare for the future in case the market does drop off a bit, and just reassure, uh, reassure their work providers that they are there, open, ready for business, fully revived, had a little break, uh, and they're raring to go again. What about staffing in conveyancing firms at the moment? Because again, that's been a real, you know, they, they started off, having to furlough just about everybody. We know that when SDLT, when the discount started, a lot of firms still had staff on furlough because they didn't feel confident enough to bring them back off the scheme. Now, of course, virtually everybody's back. Have people also been hiring or have they just tried to make do with what they've had? The problem is there's nobody out there to hire. Um, you've, You've got a certain amount of fish in the pool at the moment, the conveyancing fish, and those are the ones that exist. There aren't many coming into the profession rapidly, uh, if at all. And I think the other problem, to add to that problem, is the fact that a lot of them, or a number of them, having got to the end of this 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 third quarter or the end of this year, will probably think about calling it a day and retiring. And a number have already done that. And there's a number of firms that are also merging. So it's difficult to know what the staffing levels are going to be like. I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a tough profession and, uh, to get into in that it's hard work and it has been relatively under, uh, not well paid. Hopefully that will change if we can keep the fee income, incomes up um, and uh, get more people, younger people coming into, into the profession, some fresh blood. Do you think people are retiring early, earlier than they might have done had the last two years not happened? Without doubt, yeah, I've had emails from some of my members saying, look, you know, I was going to go next year or the year after, but I've had enough of this. You know, I've been pushed from pillar to post for the last 12 months. It's been difficult. There has been have been some abusive calls from a number of clients and, or maybe a number of contacts, not that many, hopefully. But uh, it's time to call it a day. I don't want to go through another year or two of this. So hopefully there are some people coming up from the grassroots. What I have noticed in the in the profession um, over the last 20, 30 years, is that the majority of coal-faced conveyances are now women. I would say 60, maybe 70% of people who do the hands-on work are, are women. And it's possible that they come up from, I don't know, receptionists, secretarial positions, and then grow into the job, rather than 
are recruited to become conveyancers at the outset. I think the legal profession generally has started to recognise the value of growing talent and bringing it up through the firm anyway, haven't they? I think it's not just within conveyancing, but I've seen it in a number of other areas. It's slightly at odds to conveyancing is crime. We know that because smart support staff then decide to train to do police station work and then they start moving on from there as well. So, And I think that's a good move, isn't it, when you're trying to staff, is to try and actually bring your own people through. Yeah, I think so. And when you go back to the, the, the time I started, people like me used to start as office boys or office girls doing the post, doing the deliveries, etc. And then they would try one or two or three different legal services to, to work under. So it might be crime, it might be probate, it might be conveyancing. And I tried a couple of them and I found that I particularly liked conveyancing. I was taken under my wing by an experienced you know, conveyancer and it went on from there. So, yeah, if you can be nurtured, if basically you're a blank canvas, that's no bad thing. But um, I, I, I would say in these days, you know, you need to get a qualification, not so much in my day, perhaps. I think you need to get your licensed conveyancer, your legal exec or your solicitor qualification if you can as you, as you go forward. Golden question. What are your members talking about at the moment? What's exercising them across the both legal forums? I've got to say, in the, in the first time in the last 10 years, I'm not very busy because they're not bothering me because they're so busy. So I send out my weekly bulletins and there's still 10, 15 pages along with all the information that they need. I don't get anything like the emails I was getting two or three months ago. I think that is partly because um, they're busy, but also we... I did start the online forum back in March last year and the online forum, they can now post their own questions and then other members will come in and answer the question. And there's an awful lot of activity on there. So for, I think from my point of view, it's a double whammy. They're, they're asking and answering the questions themselves and they're busy, so they're not bothering me. But I am repeating the questions and answers in the bulletins because although we've got 600 people in the forum, the bulletins actually get to roughly 5,000 5, individual conveyances. So if they're out there and listening... Please join the forum. What are they talking about on the forums? I presume it's a lot of it's practical stuff. It, it is, yeah. Anything and everything. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, I, as I said, I've been in this, this profession now, donkey's years, um, and I get surprised there's so many different questions on a daily basis that come up. Um, it might be a, a restriction on a title. It might be a right of prey problem, or it might be something to do with Japanese knotweed or private water supplies. I'm just trying to think of a few that have come up in the last few days. But, but, you know, they can access the forum, they can see the questions. They don't have to partake, they don't have to ask a question, they don't have to answer a question, they can just see what's said. But I would recommend that they join it. And it's, um, it's a real eye-opener, and the members tell me it's an invaluable resource for them now. So from where you're standing at the moment, it's a question I like to ask a lot of people sitting where you are, is three things. What, what's the things that you would suggest that firms prioritise now? I think um, in, in a very simple, basic way, you know, the sun's been shining for a long time. Start thinking about when it might rain again and the work's not coming in uh, as quickly as it has been. So, like I said earlier, get in touch with the contacts, make sure they're happy, try and create some new contacts even. You don't want to do that when the work has suddenly dried up. So make sure they're happy. Also, maybe reflect on what you've done over the last 12 months and see what new practices, procedures, new technology you've brought in. And if it's good things that you brought in, keep them and, and develop them. Uh, but really, just keep on doing more of the same. You've had a great year. Keep your fees up and uh, 
you know, earn some good money for once and be, be uh, appreciated. Do you think some of the money that's being earned is being reinvested back in systems? Do you think that we're starting now to see the inexorable shift to digital? Because I'm thinking particularly of clients as well. We know that clients have got used to being able to access their solicitors digitally, not necessarily having to turn up in the office. It was a jump for both of them last year, but they seem to have made it. Yeah, I think firms are uh, looking at investing more in, in digital technology. Uh, in fact, I had a, a meeting this morning, an online meeting with others and the land registry, and they've got a number of, of projects underway that are hopefully going to come to fruition over the next year or two. And one of the questions I put to the land registry was, do you think the firms have got enough money to, to invest in this technology? And they said, yes, without doubt, that doesn't seem to be the problem. It's just prioritising that work for the firms at the moment. So I think the will is there. Um, and I think in, in most cases, the finance is there. And I think we will be seeing a different environment in the next 12 to 24 months as to the way conveyancing has been done over the last 30 or 40 years. It w- will be uh, far more technological than it has been. Um, and, and hopefully it will be a little bit, um, if not quicker, maybe less stressful and maybe more certain earlier on, i.e. an earlier exchange of contracts. So you think some of the changes from the last 12 months might actually be here to stay? Without doubt, yeah. But but as I say, look back at what you've done, pick out the good ones, discard the bad ones, maybe pick up a few that you didn't bring on board that other firms have done that you should have done and implement those. Use this now as a springboard, really, to go forward. You've had a very fast, strong learning curve over the last 12 months. Make sure you benefit from it wisely. That's been really helpful and informative, so thank you for that. It's also a good place to end today's podcast. If there is anything that we've discussed that you would like to know more about or talk about further, you can contact us on digitalsolicitor at leap.co.uk. Leap welcome conversations with you wherever you're at in your digital journey, so don't be afraid, it might just answer some key questions for you. My thanks to Rob Hailston for being here today and to you for listening. So until next time, stay safe and stay positive. Thank you.